Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. You guys, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm just going to tell you right now, this episode is one of my favorite episodes. I have a conversation with Brandon Beard, and you guys, I just finished listening to it, and I'm crying. I'm absolutely crying for so many reasons. You guys, if you've been hurt by Christians, if you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by someone who calls themselves like a Christian or someone that represents a church body, man, this is the episode for you. You guys, Brandon, I'm going to read his bio in a minute, but this dude, he has meant so much to me over the last 20 years. And we've been, we've been good buddies. And when we were recording the episode, I remembered all of these moments in my life where Brandon literally was like the, the grace of God to me. And he was one of those guys that helped pick me up and loved me back to life, believed in me and empowered me and allowed me just to have a seat at the table. And so Brandon is super humble. He's the real deal. We really dive into the complexities of being hurt by the church and how deeply that can wound someone. You guys, I just want to acknowledge how to the core some of this stuff goes But I also want to acknowledge that there are good people and good pastors out there. And Brandon is one of them. I'm so stoked for you guys to hear his heart. I'm so stoked for you guys to hear this episode and this conversation. We get real and we get raw. And I just, I'm super grateful for Brandon and his heart. So, and I'm super grateful for you. You guys, I love you. I'm so grateful for you guys showing up. Thank you so much for just your continued support of the podcast. If you think this episode will bless someone, will you, at the end of it, will you pause it and will you share it with somebody who might be carrying, you know, a church hurt or been hurt by Christians in general and, you know, say it with love. I think the conversation is gentle enough and kind enough and I I think it can, can help some people. And I just want to acknowledge if you've been hurt by the church or by Christians, as someone who's been in in and out of church leadership for the last 20 years, I'm sorry. And I there's been some times in my life where I have blown it, and we talk about it on the podcast. And I'll tell you what, when you're the one who has done the church hurt and have hurt people, it's it's painful and it's hard. But when you are inflicted by the person and you receive that hurt, I think it goes deeper and I think that those wounds are just raw at times. And so I just want to just tell you if you're still struggling, if this happened 20 years ago and you're still struggling, don't beat yourself up. Don't condemn yourself. This is not one of those things where, oh, shouldn't I be over this by now? Because we were meant to do this life together within Christian community, right? And so when that breaks up, oh my gosh, it's like Sometimes it feels like a divorce. Not that I've been divorced, but I can imagine that's what it feels like, right? Because your whole life is built around these relationships and these people, and then some rejection happens and, you know, you got to start over or you don't start over and you just, you just live in the pain. And so anyways, I hope this uh, episode blesses you. But let me tell you about Brandon because you guys are going to love him. He's hilarious and he's honest and he is just literally one of my favorite humans on the planet. Okay. 
Brandon has been a pastor for over 30 years, and for the past 11 years, he has served as executive pastor of campus ministry at Compass Church, a multi-site church in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I actually had to Google that because I was like, is that bigger than Dallas-Fort Worth? It is. If you're wondering, if you are not from Texas and you are from California and you have no clue what Metroplex meant... Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex covers 11 counties, so that's pretty big. Okay, anyways, back to Brandon. Brandon is also a consultant for the Grow Mentum Group, where he helps churches and nonprofits find pathways to purpose, health, and growth. He is married to Irene, who is absolutely amazing. He has two awesome kids in college, and he serves on the board of Children of the Nations in Northern Uganda. And he cheers loud for all Seattle sports teams. Please don't hold that against him. I'm just kidding. Okay, also, Brandon, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon underscore Beard. I will put links to his Twitter, his Instagram, and to his church in the show notes so you can check Brandon out. You guys, let's go. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. What's up, Brandon? Hey, hey. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful you said yes. I'm excited to be here. Man, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. The Holy Mess podcast. Let's go. No, not the Holy Mess. A Holy Mess podcast. A Holy Mess. (laughs) Come on, Brandon. Oh, I've screwed it up already. (laughs) Well, we could riff on it. We could riff on, you know, it's all how you say it too. Is it a Holy Mess or is it a Holy Mess? I think it's a Holy Mess. (laughs) I agree. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for saying yes. I'm so stoked you're here. I'm so grateful you said yes. I mean, I already did my little intro to you, you know, in the beginning, but we go way back. We go, gosh, 20 something years back. We were just kids then, Brandon. We were pretty much kids. I was a kid. You, yeah, you were a kid. I, I feel like I've been old the whole time, but that's, that's just me. (laughs) That's just life. (laughs) Life's made you old. I can't believe, you know, you've been a pastor for 30 years. That blows me away. A long time. It's, it is a long it's been time. really fun, really challenging. And I've kind of felt like quitting about every other week is kind of been my story. So thank you for being honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love also, it. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do, but man, it's a roller coaster. Let's just yeah. say that. Sure. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, you don't even look 30. So I don't know how you're, you've That's been in right. ministry for 30 it's years. Right. It's all plastic surgery. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, isn't Dallas Fort Worth like one of the like capitals of plastic are, surgery? We have big hair. Yeah, we have we have it all. Big belts, big plastic surgery. It's all good. But no, I love it. That's awesome. Well, you know, I love you. You yeah, know, I love, I love you your, your wife. Scottish Mexican skin. So that's what makes it work. Scottish Mexican? I am. I'm Scottish Mexican. Really? I don't think I've. that's incredible. I had no idea. I'm like pure. Like that's me. You're a purebred Scottish and Mexican. I love it. I am. 
I am. That's awesome. That's almost as polar opposite as mine. I'm Syrian and Polish. Yeah. I always say I'm like Cheech and Chong and William Wallace combined. Like I will smoke pot with you and then kill you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you guys, I told you Brandon was real. I told you the guy's real. I don't He's think awesome. we can say that on the podcast. <laughs> no, we can say whatever we want on this All right. podcast. All right. And for the record, I know Brandon Beard does not smoke pot. So no, just FYI. No, I do not. Maybe it was just a joke. Maybe a little oh. elementary school. All right. I digress. Let's keep rolling. Let's I go. love it. I love it. Okay. I just, I love who you are. I love that you were willing. You said yes immediately when I said, hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you on the podcast about church hurt. Like who wants to be the pastor to talk about church hurt to people who've been hurt by the church, right? And quote unquote church, right? Is a big church. There's a lot that goes into that because frankly, you're the church. I'm the church. The listeners of the church, we're all the church, right? And you know, there's institutions and there's people, you know, Christ follower. I mean, it's, it's complicated times, Brandon. It's complicated yeah. times, especially when we've been hurt. So, yeah, man, I would say this, if you've been hurt, like if you've been hurt by the church, if you have church hurt, I think it's important. You just know you're not alone. Like mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and not only are you not alone, like there's a huge group of you mm-hmm. and, and, and there's a lot of good reasons, a lot of legitimate reasons people have been hurt by the church. It's yeah. heart, It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I'm definitely not on here today to defend the church and say like, hey, the church is perfect. And what's wrong with people? You know, because that's always the excuse, right? Well, the church is just people. So just, you know, and that's there's truth to that. But the reality is when, you know, when the church turns, you know, following Jesus into something political, into a certain political party, right or left, that's, you know, that hurts. Just honestly, recently we had some local elections and we had a pastor put the candidates' names up on the screen. And some of the people that weren't on the screen, you know, that didn't get, you know, they were not encouraging them to vote for, you know, who are just faithful, good people, but they didn't get acknowledged by this church in town. I'm like, come on, man. You know, that stuff hurts. That stuff is dumb. Um, other people in their lifestyle, they maybe they got divorced. Maybe they had a struggle. Maybe they have a challenge, whatever it is in their life. And for whatever reason, someone in the church just told them, hey, you're not you're not worthy to be here. You're not, you know, they communicated in the way they treated them that they weren't, you know, they just weren't worthy to be there. And that, that sucks. And I hate that for people. And there's just, it's too shallow of answer to me to just be like, Hey, the church is full of people. So get over it. Sorry. You know, like Mm. that hurts legitimate. So if you're out there and you have church hurt, you just need to know that that's real. And I know, you know, it's real and it's deep. And, and, you know, there's no quick fix for that. There's no like, Hey, here's our three points to get you past church hurt today. That's just silly to take your pain and turn it into that. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thanks for your humility. And, you know, I mean, you have been around the church for 30 years, so you've seen it all. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, my story, you know, I've had a little bit of church hurt and I don't even know, my listeners don't really know completely, right? I mean, you know my story inside and out, but I was driving home. I was just at the kids. That's why we moved the time of this recording, right? I was at my kids' little award ceremony. I was driving home and I was thinking, I was like, Lord, help me. I've been anxious about this conversation because... I have, I've had to work through a lot with church hurt and forgiveness and, you know, all of that, right? Because I remember when I came to your church, this was like decades ago, I was in a really broken place. And I remember I was just trying to put my life back together. And, you know, some people had come to you and was like, do you know who she is? You know, should she be here? You know, that sort of thing. And I remember you like, you didn't even know me yet, but you, you guys were like, wait, hold on. She's pursuing Jesus. Like, hang on. No, like we're not going to be an inhibitor of somebody experiencing God's love and his grace. And I remember when that happened, I like could breathe. And I remember I felt so safe. The reality is it's not about behavior modification. It's about experiencing God's love and his grace and his compassion. So I don't know. So it's interesting because I think our relationship started because I was hurt. Yeah. 
We're church hurt buddies. We I'll are. never, I will never forget. Your listeners have to hear this. I will never forget the phone call I got that said it was from a pastor from the church you were governor from. And they called and said, Hey, I just want you to know that this person that's going to your church, they've done this, this. They were like telling on you. It was like yeah. elementary school playground fight. And they just said, I don't know if you're aware, they've done this, this, and this. And they rattled off all the stuff. And I said, yep, okay. And uh, anything else you want to tell me? And they were like, well, I just don't know if you should let them be at your church. I said, I got to tell you something. Like, they're so welcome in our church. Mm-hmm. They're so welcome in our church. Like, why in the world would you not even want them to be at church? Yeah. Like, I don't, like, maybe they messed up. Maybe she messed up. Maybe it was a, maybe, yeah, I, that sounds bad. What you're telling me doesn't sound good. But why would I say, hey, by the way, we got a call. You're not allowed to be here. You know, you get a demerit. It was crazy. So, yeah, that's how our relationship started. You know, that's how our friendship started. And it's been this this lifelong bond of like, hey, we're not perfect. People screw up. Let's make sure the church is a place where like you can really screw up and walk through the door and people can look at you and go, you're good. Like, it's okay. We all screw up. Some people hide it well. Some people end up on TMZ. You know, some people... uh, (laughs) You know, or just oh, have a secret thing. It's just the truth. You know, every every one of us messes up. Some people's is just on display for the world to see. No joke. No joke. I joke that, thank God, social media wasn't around during my darkest hours. Holy moly. I'd be in prison. I, <laughs> I think I'd be in jail. No That's joke. No joke. No joke. Well, thank you. I mean, I, yeah. And I, I think back to that time, like, it was so healing. And I think about, I remember you know, that church, real life church in LA. And we got this letter and it was like, all are welcome. Doesn't matter where you've been. You're welcome. And I remember literally I held on to the letter because I'm like, okay, when they call to kick me out, I'm going to show them their letter and be like, you know, you said all are welcome. And sure enough, can I call? She's, and he was like, hey, can we get together? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you guys were nothing but like gracious. And you didn't ask questions. You're just like, okay, how can we help you heal? Do you need therapy? Like, what do you need? What, what, what can we do for you? And such a difference to other experiences that I've had and that others have had. And so I don't want to ever take for granted the compassion and the grace that you guys extended to me, honestly, like breathe life into me and, you know, help me heal. I think what's hard is there's so many churches that say, and, and, and churches I've worked at included, you know, sometimes we say like, Hey, all are welcome. Everyone's welcome. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, Messy people welcome here, whatever cheesy Christian statement you want yes. to put on the, on the billboard, you know, and some churches are really trying to do that. But unfortunately, what has really hurt, and I'm sure there are people who have experienced this, I, I got to tell you the story. I, I got to tell you about this friend, because I think it really encapsulates what we're talking about. I had a friend who, man, they just, they had something going on in their life that to a lot of people was not acceptable in a church environment. Okay. That's that we're just going to leave it generically like that. Cause, cause I don't know. Like your listeners may have something going on in their life that you're like, I just don't feel like that's acceptable. Other people, right? Whatever your thing is, whatever your discouragement, your frustration, maybe it's a sin, maybe it's a something that went whatever. But so this friend of mine, they have they have this thing in their life and it's just not accepted by society kind of deal. Okay, we're just going to leave it at that. And so they said, but I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to go back to church. And I was like, awesome, awesome. And said, so tell me how it goes. And so they they called me like, I don't know, it was probably like four or five years after after they said, man, I'm going back to church. After all this hurt, after all this frustration, I'm going back. I know I need to be there. I said, great. I said, how's it going? And this is the hard truth. I get emotional just thinking about this when he told me this. And they said, well, here's the problem, man. I, and I need you to understand this about this friend. Sorry to jump around, but this is, this is kind of how it is. 
this is not one of those angry people who's just looking to be offended all the time. Sorry. That's just how some people are. And I don't, and I get it. They're hurt. They're wounded. This is not this person. And he goes to church and he says, here's the deal. He goes, every single church I've gone to, I get involved, I get connected, I get involved and I start serving or I go to a group or whatever it is. And when I acknowledged my struggle or my difficulty or my challenge, whatever's going on in my life, and I told them, like, this is the real me, no one called them back. No one invited him to serve anymore. No one welcomed him to an event anymore. Every single time. And I just said, we have to be better than that. Like, we can't. Like, that is so horrible that my friend who's got a legitimate struggle in his life and he needs help, he needs love, he needs acceptance, can't roll into the church and find a place that that people are like, you're, you're welcome. Like when he comes clean or when he opens up about this struggle, that they're like, we love you. That's okay. Whatever it is, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that is. That's my heart for the church. That's what I just believe the way Jesus wants us to live. It sucks that certain things get labeled as like, oh, that's not acceptable. And whatever that blank is, right? I hate that I have to list some things because then, well, then it becomes people might think even listening to me, well, like, do you think those are that or this? No, I just, I think people like my friend should be able to walk into a church and be accepted and loved and connected and not ignored. Totally. And if that's happened to you, I'm sorry. If that's happened to you, what happened to my friend happened to you in some way, shape or form based on whatever choice you made or whatever thing you did or how you felt or action. I'm sorry. I just want to say I'm sorry today. Man, I love that. Thank you for your humility, Brandon. That's awesome. You know, when you were talking, I was thinking about I have a friend who I won't share her story, although she's given me permission to share her story on the podcast. But, you know, she was a part of a church and was really heartbroken and walking through some really hard things. And she just felt like not only did leadership, but people within the church, when she began to share and open up, would begin to walk away from her or they weren't able to hold the space for her to process. And, you know, I think that can be really hurtful, especially when you're going through a hard time. You know, you figure out who your real friends are, but at a church, you just expect for people to be present in your life, especially when you're going through a hard time, right? When that doesn't happen, man, that wounds us so deeply. And the reality is sometimes people don't know what to do or don't know what to say. And so they kind of keep us or keep people at arm's length away. And it's nothing personal. It's just we take it personally because it hurts so deeply and we expect things to be different. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to communicate. So they just stay an arm's length away, right? They don't know how to engage in that. Yeah, my biggest pet peeve in the world right now is, and and social media has ruined this phrase, I'll pray for you or praying for you. You know, that's just turned into something you post on social media. And honestly, people who don't go to church, who have been hurt by the church, they're kind of like, I'm done. I'm done with the phrase, I'll pray for you. Like, I want action, you know? and just present. And that's the kind of people that I believe Jesus calls us to be in the Bible. I just keep going back to that for me. I love that. So I was driving home today to circle back to, and then I got, went off on a tangent, but I was praying and I was thinking, Wait a second. I, you, went, you went off on a tangent? I, can no you believe way. it? My, my listeners are like, this is part of the journey. That's, that's never about? happened before. No. And, and then I sew it all back together in the end. You do. You do. You Sometimes. Do. You so, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Thanks for putting up with my ADHD on people. Thank you. I love it. I love it. But I was thinking, you know, I've been in church ministry for now for lay ministry or church boards for 20 years, you know, almost 20 years on and off. And 
been on a couple church boards and church leadership, a few places. And I was reminded this week, actually, I was talking to a pastor at another church, but, and he was saying how he was hurt through some decisions that we had made as a church board. Yeah. And you guys, so I'm not an innocent, I'm not saying like, oh, I've only been hurt by the church. Like I've been in leadership. I've been on boards where we've hurt people. And I'll tell you what, it's painful. It's awful. It's horrible. It's horrible. When you, I've had to let go of people. I've had to make this hard decisions as a pastor. I'm an executive pastor at a church. So my role is a little bit overseeing staff, things like that. And when you have to make a decision to man, move someone on or let someone go. And that's a family with kids and all that. I don't take that lightly. Yeah. It's horrible. And here's what you know. Here's what I know. I know that for a lot of people, I'm their story of hurt. Just like you said, yeah, you know, totally. you're, you're there. I know that. Yeah. None of it. I don't, I know I'm not exempt of that whatsoever. Totally. Uh, and it's not, you know, I'd love to sit here and defend myself, but the reality is I probably in 30 years, note to everyone listening in 30 years, I've probably made some bad decisions and some hurtful ones that yeah. I hate. Yeah. I'm just not, per- man, I'm not perfect. And that's, it is what it is. It stinks. I hate it, that. For people. It, it does stink. And, you know, I have two and I can think of two instances and I'm still wrestling through like, do I reach out? Because here's the other reality too, especially if it's been like a, an organization, which we could get into how is the church in the West? Like, are we doing it right? We can get into all that, like organization, sure, sure. all that, but let's not, because I think that's a too big of a subject and <laughs> it's not, uh, I can't even go there. But the reality is there were some leadership positions where, you know, I'm on a board with eight or 12 people and a decision is made and you have to be unified. You may not have even agreed with the situation, but what's said in that room is like holy ground and sacred and you can't say anything. So a decision was made and you're lumped in just because you're part of the leadership. That's another, that's really hard for me because I feel like it can be an inhibitor in someone's walk with Jesus, but yet I was a part of the decision that could have derailed them for three years. They could, maybe they're not even attending church anymore because of a decision we made. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, that's just heartbreaking, yeah. you know, and yeah. I could apologize to people too. I mean, it's just. Yeah. yeah. You get to a point where you're just like, goodness, it's overwhelming. You know, it's, it's so overwhelming to think about how much hurt has been doled out. At the same time, and this is where I would flip it a little bit, at the same time, like like in the last few years, there's been all kinds of like pastors, you know, leaders who have like done really stupid things and ended up on the news or the newspaper, the front page, you know, and it's it's and been they, happening the whole time. It just it's finally yeah, coming out, it's right? Finally coming out, yeah. But it's it's all over, right? And and it's just been like one after another, and it's just like, man, this hurt and that hurt. And I will say this, I'm not saying this to defend it. I just think all, all the negative does get the attention. I do a lot of consulting. Uh, I do a lot of working with other churches and I work with a lot. We have multiple campuses at our church and, and there's some really faithful, amazing people who have like stayed the course and been super faithful and have just honored God in the way they live their lives. Well, guess what? They'll never be on the front page of anything. They'll never get any press. They'll never get noticed. They'll never be seen. They won't. They won't. I mean, they're just their behavior, their actions, the way they live their life. It's not going to get any attention on the news. And I just know so many people like that. So it's hard because the, you know, just like everything else in life, a few bad people, right? Now are a lot of bad people, right? Ruin it for the rest of everybody. And you're like, come on. And then people have this kind of blanket statement, like all mega churches are bad, right? I I work at a big mega church. Everyone has like, oh, all mega church. I agree. Like mega churches are a mess. We have a, a big staff and there's all kinds of difficulties. I get that. But I mean, we're not, 
you know, stealing money and telling people they're going to be rich if they give to us and they're going to be healthy, wealthy, and rich if they give to the offering. We're not doing that, you know? I mean, we make a lot of mistakes. We're not perfect, but but we're not that. So it's just so hard because you you want to justify, you want to like defend the church. Like as someone who's in ministry, I want to be like, hey, listen, there is a lot of good. Yeah. But honestly, my heart just breaks for people who are listening to this who have just been seriously wounded and they can't even like they're they're gritting their teeth they're so hurt about it like they can't even begin to let go of that i hate that for them like i i want i want them to be able to connect with jesus and not have this view of whoever hurt them and have that barrier be in the way totally like how did you step through that i mean you're someone who's stepped you've stepped through that wall of like man everyone was against you and you kind of yeah. You were seen as like, hey, you're bad news. You did some dumb stuff. You know, you're not accepted here. Move on, get out, and you can't go to church here. Well, how have you walked through that? I mean, you're probably a good person in my mind to say, man, how have you had to step through that? Or is that just ongoing for you? Man, that's a good question. It is ongoing, but I will say I'm in a way better place now. I think that it did take some years, but it was people in places like you and Rusty George and Oh my gosh. And Jim Beebe and Lori Struble, my mentor, Ken Eichler. And I mean, the list goes on. People that, you know, stuck with us and walked with us, allowed me a seat at the table, allowed me, uh, you know, to come through the door to find healing and, you know, and didn't continue to remind me of the crap I had done. Right. It was just like, come as you are, like literally, and hey, go serve with two-year-olds. And yeah, you want to go back to get your Bible degree, go for it. We'll support you. And that's a story as well, because you know my story, you know, a Christian college who had accepted me <laughs> then revoked my acceptance because they had right before school started, like three days before had found out who I was and some of my story. And it blows my mind that that kind of stuff even happens, but it, that's the reality of it. And so, but for me, Brandon, it really was, it was the people that I clung to and that allowed me to find healing through them. And literally experiencing the grace and love of God through humans. I mean, I think Jesus just, Bob Goff says it best, but, you know, next to grace, he thinks God thinks his best idea is having us need one another. And it's the Holy Spirit and Jesus loving people that loved me back to life. Like it was just fundamentally, you are loved, you're important, you're valued, you're not defined by this crap, we're going to walk through it. You're welcome here, you know. Um, But it's, I mean, it's been a journey. I mean, Ooh, it's been a journey and it's yeah. tr- triggered, but yeah, I would say too, like if you're listening to this and you're the outcast, like you're the one that feels hurt, you're the one that feels wounded or whatever, ah, man, it's going to be so hard, but like, don't be afraid to reach out. Like, don't be afraid to make that call. Like, like I have a friend right now who's going through a divorce and man, it's just been, ho- I mean, it's been horrible and trying to walk with this person has been rough because every conversation is you know, this person's like, I know I messed up. You know, it's all the caveats. I know this. I know. That. And you're like, yeah, you did. Like you really screwed up, man. This is, this is not going well. And at the same time, there has to be grace. There has to be a future for someone who makes a mistake. There has, to, there has to be like, when I look at the scriptures and if you don't like church, I would tell you this, just read about Jesus. I'm not trying to get on here and preach, but like, if you, if you don't like the church and you're just like, the church is so dumb. Man, look at Jesus. Look how he walks and treats people. And man, you'll if you read about Jesus in the Bible, it's like, oh, he's he's super graceful, you know, and he's super hard on like religious people like me. 
people like me who are like religious leaders, Jesus is so hard on them. And like people who are like adulterous, cheaters, drinking, Jesus is just like, I want to hang out with them. Like I want to be with them. And, and, and then some people will get even upset as I say that and go, yeah, but I mean, they need to straighten out their life. Yeah, they do. And Jesus says that. He says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. The woman caught in adultery. Like, they're like going to throw stones at, at this woman who's caught in the act. Like in the act. I don't, I don't know, if, you know. They didn't teach you that in Sunday school. They didn't put that in the, on the felt board. She right? was half naked when she they pulled her out. Was, I don't know if she was half naked, Danny. She was <laughs> caught in the act. She was buck naked, right? Caught in the act, right? And they drag her out there and say, hey, she's going to, you know, she deserves punishment. And Jesus is like, man, no, if there's anyone here who doesn't have sin, you go ahead and cast the first stone. And he does tell her, go and sin no more. But there's so much grace in front of that. There's Amen. so much grace in the front end of that. There's so much love. It's not this immediate knee-jerk reaction. Like to my friend who's going through this divorce right now, where they're like, oh, yeah, every time. Yeah, would you didn't mess up. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't go. Hey, go and sin no more. And you know what? By the way, you really did screw up. And here's why, you know, and just hammer it on. No, there was grace and love. And Amen. I want to be that. I know you want to be that. I hope we can be, if you're listening to this, I hope you can be that to somebody. Maybe there's someone you know right now, like they're, they've really screwed up or they've been hurt, right? They're the wounded one. They're the one that always talks about all their hurt. Like go hang out with them. Just be yeah. there with them. Don't try yeah. and explain it away. Don't do not. Just go and love them. Just go and be there. Be yeah. there. I, I love that. You know, the thing I would add to what you said is, you know, and if you're anti-church or you're not wanting to attend church, man, I, it's funny because a few weeks ago I was reading uh, one of Dallas Willard's book and he had mentioned about being an apprentice of Jesus. So like for the last few weeks, I've been like, I'm an apprentice of Jesus. Like, I'm not even going to say I'm a Christian anymore because it comes front loaded. Like people judge you right off the bat one way or the other. You're either too right or you're too left or my goodness, whatever. And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to be an apprentice of Jesus. How did Jesus do this? And I may not always get it right, but I'm going to try. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the term I use is follower of Jesus. You know, I, 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 I just really resonate with this whole idea of like, I'm a follower of Jesus. Here's what's crazy. The name Christian, like I'm not embarrassed to call myself a Christian. I'm a Christian. Obviously I'm a pastor for crying out loud. But if you lead with that, like I'm a Christian, people are like, Oh, you're a, and there's all these labels attached to that. And exactly. you, just, you just want to scream and go, no, that's not what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. It totally. should be known as love and all that, but it's not. And, and this church hurt deal that we keep coming back to, it is so real. And it is so deep. And for so many people, I hate that maybe for years you've stepped away from church. You've been away from like, it's caused you honestly to push yourself away from God, which just sucks because man, God loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to like know you. And, but your problem is with the building, right? Your problem yeah. is with the space or the organization. And I just want to say like, man, it's, it's worth, it's still worth pursuing God. In my opinion, it's still worth pursuing Jesus and following Jesus. And I'm going to tell you that eventually will maybe lead you into a church. Maybe you can find a church that is full of grace and love is not crazy. There's really something about just stopping for 30 minutes and going, you know what, I'm going to worship my creator today. And I'm just going to push all this stuff aside, all the distractions, everything I'm, I'm thinking about that's frustrating and just worship my creator. I know that's puts me in the, in a right place and in a good place and to receive that grace. And that's um, a good point. You know, you make me think of too, like, don't give up. Like there are good people. There are great Christians. There are great yep. communities. There are great churches. 
all over the place. Maybe you just haven't been exposed to them. So don't give up, like keep looking, right. And keep, you know, going after, find a follower of Jesus who you love and respect or can admire. And then be like, Hey, do you fellowship at a church? (laughs) Where do you fellowship? Like you seem normal. And are there weird churches out there? Oh my gosh. Yes. There's so many weird, crazy churches out there that are hurting people and causing trouble. Absolutely. Church hurt is real, but I would say, and this is going to sound cheesy, but the love of Jesus is also as real as your church Mm -hmm. hurt. And the grace, the grace of Jesus is as real as your church hurt. It doesn't erase it. Your church hurt does not erase the fact that Jesus is gracious and loving. Yeah. It sucks that the church, the whoever, maybe it was someone at that church or a pastor or a leader or just someone at the door that made you feel less than. But that's not the heart of Jesus. Like if you go back to the scriptures and you look how Jesus actually walked and lived, and that's just not his, that's not his vibe. That's not what he would want you to feel or experience. Yeah. Amen. We could talk about this for 10 hours and there, it could yeah. be 10 different subjects because the reality is everybody's hurt is different. And the reality is that's never been Jesus's intent for any one of us to be hurt. You know, I was talking to a friend about some different leadership hurt, you know, church institution hurt, pastor hurt, that sort of thing. And I was talking about how, you know, when certain things happen in my life, I have like these signs from God, like, you know, he never intended for you know, some history, some of our things that have happened in the past, right? But he uses it in such a way where now when I sense like manipulation or I sense any form of like control or any form of silencing, like my little kid inside screams like, no, absolutely not. So it's like, in some ways, it's like a gift when you go through these things, because then it, it helps you find your voice. It helps you find that you're actually hearing from the Holy Spirit that's leading you. So like, it actually can be a, a a teacher for us and a tool for us to like trust your gut, like trust the Holy Spirit, you know, like we can actually stand on our own two feet like this, you know. And I would tell you this too, you can forgive. Yeah, you can do it. You can. And here's why I know you can forgive. Story time with Brandon here, but it's it's worth, this is a good one. This is good hearing. This is why I believe you can forgive. I've been uh, going to Uganda for years, years and years. I've been there like 30 times to Northern Uganda. And I've been working with these kids in Northern Uganda and there's no easy way to say this, but these kids, long story short, were the vast majority of them were forced to kill their own parents by a militia group that went into their villages, lined up their families and said, here's the deal. You have a choice. Your parents die. We kill them. Okay. Or you kill them and we kill, you know, so they had to make this decision basically to say, you either are going to die or your parents are going to die. What are you going to do? And they made these kids and the parents are, of course, like, we'll go, you stay. And the kids were forced to kill their own parents. Now, here's the thing. You talk to these kids today. And if you're listening to this, I want you to make a fist with me. Just make a fist right now. Make a fist. And what they do is they tap on their chest. Like, just tap on your chest a couple times. And they say, are you free inside or no? They ask you this. The kids will ask you this. And when they say, are you free, they open their hand. So it's like, open your hand. Like, give it a couple taps. They say, are you free? And then when they say free, they, they open their hand. And they say, are you free or no? And they close their fist. They'll look at you square in the eye and they'll open their hand after pounding on their chest and go, I'm free. Wow. Because I've forgiven the people that hurt me. Nothing will stop me from living the life that Jesus has called me to live. And I'm like, this kid is 10 freaking years old and is practicing forgiveness. And whenever those thoughts and that anger and all that stuff comes up, he taps on his chest and goes, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose wow. to let it go and forgive. And that's what I do. That's what I hold on to is if a 10-year-old kid in Uganda can experience the power of God in such a way that he can be free from his hurt, 
And then I just believe we can forgive with the, with God's help. We can forgive those who have hurt us and be free inside. Wow. And free to move forward. Wow. Wow. Brandon, thanks for making me cry. That's incredible. That's a great tool. I'm actually going to borrow that. Thank you. I'm going to. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, if you think about it too, because forgiveness is a big task and, and it yeah. is a practice. Like you said it, you got to practice it. It's never, I don't know. I've never prayed to Jesus, like help me forgive somebody. And then all of a sudden magically I forgave him. Like nope. it has been a practice. It's been like a, but it's been about releasing me. What is it? Is it Anne Lamott that says not forgiving someone is like drinking rat poison and expecting yeah, them yeah. to die? Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, but letting them go and, and realizing like, okay, it could be because they were just jerks and they wanted to hurt me, or it could have been out of naiveness or misunderstanding or their own agenda. But either way, Jesus, they're yours. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's one of my favorite scriptures. And I've prayed that a thousand times. Like, Lord, yeah. you're, you're my fighter. You're going to stick up for me. You're going to take care of me. You're going to build the future for me. I release them. And gosh, yeah. man. I, I don't like, I don't believe. And I know this from talking to the kids I work with in Uganda. I'm actually leaving for Uganda next week to go see these kids. I've been working with them for years. I don't believe that they never struggle with feelings of unforgiveness. I don't believe that they've like the feelings of like, you know, anger toward the people that made, you know, that made them do these horrible things and were so horrible to them. I don't, I don't believe they're like, you know, like, I just love Jesus and everything's fine. Okay. I'm forgiven. <laughs> you know? No, it's a, it's a decision they've made to say, if I don't choose to forgive, I, I can't be free inside. Wow. I don't want my heart to be like a rock. That's that symbol of that fist that's closed. And when they open that up, they're saying, I want to be free. Wow. I want to be free inside. Uh, I want to be free to live the life that God's called me to live, despite the hurt in my life. And man, that is my prayer for you. If you've been hurt by the church, if you've been burned, and if there's any way possible for you to just say, man, I want to be free today. You can do that. That would be my prayer for you. And yeah. you can, and God, <laughs> he will give you the power to forgive. You may not feel it, but over time, it's, you're going to feel more free and more free and more free if you keep practicing that. Amen. Amen. It's a journey, man. You're so right. You're so right. And I mean, honestly, it is such a journey and giving grace to ourselves that it is a journey. You know, and there's some might be some forgiveness that we have to, I mean, I put myself in church situations or Christian relationship situations and I'm like, man, God, forgive me. I put, I put this person on a pedestal or I, I was at a codependent relationship with them. They meant too much to me. And of course it hurt when, when they hurt me, you know, because sometimes too, we got to, the reality is church, you know, it holds a lot because it's supposed to be our family. And so it's like a family wound too. It's a deep wound. It, it runs deep because of the strong bonds and relationships we're quote unquote supposed to have. So I think that's why it hurts. I think it hurts almost just as much as like a childhood wound or a childhood rejection by a father. Or like, I think there's a lot of inner healing that can come when we can, you know, be open and realize like it goes deeper. These, these wounds that we have inside of us, they go deep, man. It's, it's hard. That's amazing. Thank you for coming on. Could you give any final thoughts? And then which you might just repeat yourself, but what you said was so valuable. And I thank you for your humility and your heart and your compassion. And just honestly, like the radical impact that you've had in my life, like thinking back, like, holy cow, Brandon, like you guys, I love you. I love your family. I love, I love just what you've, Jesus has used in my life so much. And I'm so, so dang grateful. So dang grateful. I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your family. Because your story at that, you know, when we, when we met and connected, it was one of the determining moments in my early years of ministry to go, okay, we got it messy. 
situation here. Are you going to accept? Are you going to accept them or push them away? And by accepting them, I got to see what God's grace could do in someone's life and to see your beautiful kids and to see your beautiful family. And the results of that, it's like, you know, it sounds so cheesy. We always say it, right? Like God can really actually does take our messes and turn them into beautiful things. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. So if you're lonely, if you're discouraged, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're hurt, we're not saying there's an easy answer, but we are saying like, don't give up, Mm -hmm. keep pushing forward. I'm sorry that person didn't call you back. I'm sorry that person ignored you. I'm sorry that maybe something horrible happened to you. Something like, like what happened to those Ugandan kids happened to you. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I don't belittle that. I don't take it away. But my prayer is this, is that you would lean on the power and presence of God to practice forgiveness. And hopefully over time, man, maybe you could experience church in a way that doesn't hurt anymore. Mm, Beautiful. Oh my gosh, Brandon, thank you. Could you pray for us? You bet. Our listeners? Awesome. You bet. Jesus, uh, you're our father and we just come before you right now and we pray for those who are listening to this, who have been hurt who have been wounded. Um, God, we pray for those who have done the hurt, mm. those who have hurt others. Mm. God, we're all just in that camp. Uh, probably all of us have, have hurt others or we've been hurt. And we just want to say today that we need you. We don't need some pat answer or some simple solution, God. We just need you. We need your presence. We need each other to be able to press forward. And God, I pray you'll be with that person that needs to forgive. You'll be with that person who needs to go out and say, hey, I screwed up. Please forgive me. I pray you'll be with both of those people and that they would act on what they've heard today. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.